0: Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer.
1: Hey, E.K. Wimmer. I am Mariah Rose. Actually, I've got kind of a weird story.
0: Oh, yeah? What yeah. is it? Yeah,
1: so I was walking out in the desert, and I went kind of farther than usual, and mostly just to avoid the guys that shoot their guns, like, uh-huh, way sure. out in the distance. And I went out farther than usual, and actually met somebody, which...
0: In the middle of the desert?
1: It's the desert. It's New Mexico, whatever. Okay. Anyway, uh, it was a weird old guy He was real nice, Uh and uh, I was just kind of trying to scoot away, but he wanted to give me a gift.
0: What did he give you?
1: He gave me this.
0: What? What is that?
1: Well, he said it's a time travel machine. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you want to check it out?
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Awesome. Hold on. Whoa, dude, this is actually kind of cool. So, what did he say? How does it work?
1: I guess you just push that button. This button? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Whoa.
0: Whoa. Whoa.
1: What just happened?
0: I do not know.
1: Welcome to the
0: future. This is the year
1: 2002. Whoa, 2002. <laughs>
0: yeah, 2002.
1: What was even happening then? For <sighs> now,
0: 2002 was crazy. I I remember us being super excited about Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And if I recall correctly, because you had it on the wall, this was the same year that Ben Affleck was People Magazine's sexiest man alive.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't think he was sexy till he got the giant back tattoo.
0: Okay, cool. This was a tough year because this was also the year that Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears broke up.
1: Oh, no. Oh. But that inspired the... Um... What was the song? Crammy Around. No, no. The song we used to play foosball to.
0: Oh, Rock Your Body.
1: Yeah, we would every day after we got home from school, we would play Rock Your Body and foosball.
0: Yeah, 2002. I'm starting to remember it more clearly now. That was the same year Michael Jackson dangled Blanket over a balcony in Germany. Ah, Blanket. Oh, and Michelle Gondry did that Lego video for White Stripes. Remember that? Yeah, that was cool. What a crazy year. All I remember was by the end, everybody was playing The Sims. Oh, no. (laughs) Do
1: people play that in in our current time?
0: I don't think so. Just creeps. Oh. But I think the movie I remember the most from 2002, 2003 era was 28 Days Later. Oh, yep. Obviously. Obviously. That was a good one. That was good. We went and saw it in the theater. We did in Missoula, Montana. Yeah. Let's talk about it, shall we?
1: All right. Why not? We're here.
0: Yeah, we're here. We don't know when we'll get back to our normal time. Not worried about our children at all. 28 Days Later, originally released in 2002, directed mm-hmm. by Danny Boyle and written by Alex Garland. Boy, 2002, zombies were out in 2002.
1: Yeah, that was like the dark ages of the zombie. They had been, you know, moved into the shadows of the, I don't know, 1980s.
0: Yeah, the 80s were a heyday for zombies. Late 70s, early 80s. -hmm. And then the 90s were like struggling to find a film here and there.
1: I think they did a lot of vampire movies in the 90s. They
0: really did.
1: It was, let's blame blame Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Okay. (laughs) Their fault.
0: But... We were not prepared for early 2000s, a zombie revival that would last easily a decade. Yes. And not die out until The Walking Dead really pushed it. Too many seasons. It's
1: I think The Walking Dead has not ended.
0: Who cares? But yeah, this is a big one. Uh, This came about because Alex Garland, the writer of The Beach, Mm -hmm. which Danny Boyle had just directed Mm -hmm. right before this wanted to make a new movie and he had this great idea for a zombie movie so he approached the producer of the beach andrew mcdonald and they wanted to work on a film together so he and andrew mcdonald started to come up with some ideas alex garland was a fan of the 1996 video game as was i at that age this was prime time resident evil Oh. And he thought it'd be kind of cool to write a movie around that same idea. Mm-hmm. And that's what really sparked the inspiration for 28 <laughs> Days Later. Nice. So they agreed to do it. And Alex delivered a 50 page script to get started. They kind of worked out the details. Uh-huh. And then Danny Boyle was all in. Danny Boyle, you guys would know from Train Spotting. One of our ones that we liked, one of his first films, Shallow Grave. Mm -hmm. We actually were a big fan of his by the time this came out. So we were very excited to see this one. And eventually he would go on to achieve crazy fame with Slumdog Millionaire. Alex Garland, meanwhile, uh, just flash forward when we get back to our normal time. He went on to do Sunshine for Danny Boyle, which Mm -hmm. was, uh, I don't know. We kind of had started to lose interest by that point. But... He then took up directing, and he directed a film that we've really enjoyed, and I still don't know how to pronounce it. It's either Ex Machia or Ex Machina. I have heard both ways pronounced. Do you have a preference?
1: No, I think it's Ex Machina.
0: <laughs> oh, a third <laughs> option.
1: Ex y- <Yaxi> Machina.
0: <laughs> he also did Annihilation, which I was not a fan of. Well, I was. it was okay. It was hard. The books were good. I hated the score with a passion. Oh, okay. Anyway, that was Alex Garland went on to do that. I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Somebody's dream, whatever.
0: Yeah. Beyond that basic producer, writer, director, the other real notable crew would be the composer John Murphy, because 28 days later, in addition to sparking the, the zombie revival, this soundtrack ruled and everybody who saw it talked about it. This is a very, very good soundtrack. Yeah, I agree. Which I did not realize at the time, but we, you know, have always been vinyl collectors, but in 2002, 2003, vinyl was not in its heyday. It had not gotten a no. revival yet. So not many things were released and it didn't even get a US release on vinyl then. It only got a UK release. And it's in that dark period for us vinyl collectors that mm. if you didn't get it then... You're never getting it because I think there are two copies right now on Discogs, one for 1000 1001 and one for $800. So.
1: Yikes, if we have any fairy godmothers who want to send it our yeah. way, I mean, maybe. I don't any, know. I feel like there's better ways to spend your money.
0: Any UK listeners who really hate that soundtrack and have an original press on vinyl will gladly take it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Anyway, yeah, you would know him from... He did a few films before with Guy Ritchie, like Lock, Stock, and Snatch and stuff. So he had already done his time, Mm -hmm. but this really was a breakthrough score for him. Sure. And I really enjoyed it. So good. Yeah, that's the the crew. What do we got for cast, Mariah?
1: Okay, so we have Cillian Murphy, who plays the character Jim. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is really his breakout role. He'd been in a few, like, odds and ends before this. He'd actually gone to law school... And kind of, he was in some bands, then he did a little acting. It seems like he was kind of just finding his way and then like pinballed his way into a super duper career.
0: I'm gonna just throw it out there. Okay. I, I don't know the answer to this, but I've got an, uh, a good suspicion. Was he ever approached to do any modeling?
1: I actually didn't read that, but (laughs) sure. Okay. I'll say yeah.
0: This is a very attractive post-apocalyptic cast.
1: Yeah. Our two leads are ridiculously good looking. This is
0: so stupid.
1: Yeah. Uh, You're... Okay. It's the end of the world, and... Two of the hottest people survive? I don't think so. It's gonna be two like bunker weirdos who live. Literally the
0: only hot people survive too. Like everybody who is not hot dies.
1: Yeah, actually the other guy too, uh, Mark Huntley, who we meet early on and he dies off early, he's fairly handsome too.
0: Not handsome enough. He didn't make the cut.
1: Nope. Good enough to die. Uh, so Cillian Murphy. <laughs> he's he was. This was like his breakout. But he, you know him now from The Dark Knight. He plays the Scarecrow. He was Inception in Inception. He he's now like I think six years into Peaky Blinders.
0: Yeah, that's a big hit.
1: Yeah. So good for him. He's he also did Sunshine.
0: Yeah. Um, Sunshine. Maybe we should revisit that because I really hate on it pretty hard. But. It's got
1: Rose Byrne, who was in Twenty Eight Weeks Later too, mm-hmm. which interesting (laughs) (laughs) or not I don't know Uh, then we have our other lead uh, Selena who is played by Naomi Harris yes I think she was pretty well known in the UK but not here i don't
0: think as like a major actress i think she was like a child actress or something like that no
1: well she actually went to a prestigious acting school her mother's a script writer or a screenplay writer okay and uh she was in six seasons of uh some weird like tomorrow people which i've i've seen a couple episodes of but i think it was popular
0: yeah we never got into it
1: yeah i think it was popular for some
0: sure well for a few probably if they had six seasons
1: yeah so maybe <laughs> one or two people liked it uh and most americans would know her she plays like a voodoo priestess in pirates of the caribbean she's in skyfall
0: yeah she did the bond movies and That she- really that put her like into the stratosphere of big paychecks.
1: And she also was in Moonlight, which was nominated oh, yeah, for, sure. or did it win? Best Picture, I don't know. <laughs>
0: oh, it won, remember? Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: never mind. Uh, she was also nominated, but she didn't win in that. And we have also our two, like, I don't know, secondaries. We have Frank, uh, yeah. who is played by Brendan Gleeson and if you look at his face you'll go I know him from literally everything he's in every Uh, British film ever made I think
0: yeah when I was reading up on this he was like the seasoned actor of the of the set
1: yes and then most uh people of a certain generation will know him as Mad-Eye Moody in the Harry Potter series oh really yeah
0: oh he's know, in
1: a ton of other stuff that you know but it is
0: him isn't it it's
1: mad i moody yeah
0: you know what came out in 2002 what the second harry potter movie oh my goodness good gravy! <laughs> it's a good year
1: uh so frank is like a father and his daughter hannah is played by megan burns and this was like her only role she's had three films since then
0: you or know two films since then did you read up on her
1: not a whole lot. Why?
0: Oh, she kind of reinvented herself into a goth chick and released an album. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard it, but I thought that was pretty interesting because cool. she did her. a
1: horror movie in two thousand eighteen. Yeah, 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 good for her. And then uh, we'll also mention Christopher Eccleston. He plays uh, Major Henry West. We know him from Shallow Grave. Uh, I think most people know him as the, you know, two- early two thousands Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I mean, there's actually a lot of cast members who are fairly well known or have gone on to have like a solid career. But these are our our primaries.
0: Well, this movie opened a lot of doors for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. So they got lucky here.
1: Okay. So uh, now that you have kind of an idea of some of our major characters, let's just kind of jump right in. We start with an animal rights group, Mm -hmm. uh, some animal activists who have broken into a lab. And they're there to release some chimpanzees who are being used for research. They are interrupted as a, um, like a scientist, I guess, comes in. It's the middle of the night, but I guess he's got the night watch. And he's like, don't let them out. I know who you are. Don't do it. They've been infected. And the guy's like, infected with what? And he's like,
0: rage. This is interesting because as the script was being written, it was relevant to the time, although Mm -hmm. it's become way more relevant right now. Yes, but when it was written, what was happening in the UK was the foot and mouth disease with cows where the the livestock was experiencing this viral infection and they were having to be killed in, in insane numbers yeah. because they couldn't be eaten anymore, which as vegans, I don't care um, like good, but I care for the I
1: care for the animals. For the animals yeah.
0: But yeah, so this was a huge scare. And this kind of sparked this idea of. A a disease that could spread very quickly and not just be an isolated event, but a global pandemic, which is very interesting.
1: Absolutely. And I like that they had it cross this animal to human barrier because we I, I don't know where bird flu comes in, but we've got bird flu, swine flu, COVID, all of these diseases, like even malaria that are passed in ways that go from another creature to humans yeah and I, I love that so anyway the animal rights activist let out a chimpanzee and it attacks
0: yeah and that's how that's what sparks this whole movie is the rage virus is now out in the open
1: yeah and I love that about this film it is not a zombie film because loads of people die but it's the virus isn't killing people it's turning them into like rage motivated,
0: beings purely rage yeah and it's people killing people it's not the virus killing people
1: yeah it i mean i don't know it eventually would kill them just because of starvation i yeah I, i suppose but the virus itself doesn't do that and it doesn't turn them into the walking dead you don't have to like split their skull to get them down they just die like a normal human but they're so furious that they're adrenaline motivated and the rage just powers them through
0: yeah, and we the way we get through this whole film is through our main character, who's mm-hmm. played by Cillian Murphy.
1: Jim is the character's name. Who,
0: what did he do? He was just a paperboy or something like that? He was a delivery guy. Yeah,
1: like a bike delivery guy.
0: Yeah, and um, ends up in the hospital because of an accident and wakes up, classic, this is very Resident Evil, by the way, Yeah. is to wake up to a post-apocalyptic world and not know what's going <laughs> on. There are a lot of similarities. What I find very interesting is that there was a Resident Evil movie made. Mm -hmm. And it actually came out before this, like a couple months before. So they
1: were working on a similar timeline.
0: But we'll talk about this at the end. How did Resident Evil come out first and not have the impact that 28 Days Later had? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer is pretty obvious. But they both start out this pretty much the same way, kind of Trying to figure out what the hell's even happening.
1: Yes, and actually there's some who argue that this was influenced by a film called, I think it's Triffids.
0: Oh, no, Day of the Triffids. Yeah. Day of the Triffids. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a classic sci-fi. I haven't seen it, but, but awesome. apparently
1: it opens in a similar manner. Yeah, for sure. So, well, and
0: that was their inspiration. They credited that more than anything else. Okay. But... Now that the zombie uh, genre has been firmly reestablished, it's hard not to see this as just a zombie movie.
1: Of course, of course. So yeah, Cillian Murphy's character Jim wakes up. He's on a hospital bed. He like pulls things out of his skull. He's like been stapled back together. He's nude, puts on some scrubs, gathers supplies as he wanders through this empty hospital. And actually, interesting note about the hospital: it's a real hospital. But it works, it's open weekdays, and on weekends, you can rent it for movies.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: and the money used goes into a trust to keep the hospital running.
0: That's very clever. And we will find that this is the way this movie worked. It was very clever planning on the production end, because Mm -hmm. to pull off a film of this caliber on a budget that, wouldn't allow this kind of production. This was an $8 million budget. And right away, as Jim's walking around, we are in downtown London. And the shots are what stand out with everybody when they think of 28 Days Later. I mean, nobody gets to see shots like this.
1: Right. If you've been to London, you know, it's like, crammed with people Mm -hmm. at all hours
0: and so this is very jarring and really makes you feel like this is actually happening Mm -hmm. for a couple reasons one they did manage to shut off parts of london for key shots let's spend a moment on that because it's kind of amazing that they pulled this off yes and it was only accomplished with some planning ahead Mm -hmm. with Even though these are all very established filmmakers who have shot in 35 millimeter for all kinds of other films, they all knew that the production that it takes to set up a traditional film set, they could never take that time to set all that up and get some shots like this Mm -hmm. of a completely abandoned London. And so what happened was they all realized they would have to change the medium, the format, and shoot on digital video, which was still relatively new as far as major motion pictures were concerned. Yeah, fairly innovative. And they realized they were quick and easy and they could get in and out in a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. And if they shot on digital, they could get these images. And it also then played into this idea of it being more kind of realistic because at the time, especially in London... Um, there were a lot of cameras around and people were kind of used to seeing themselves being filmed in digital format. And so that's what people had available to shoot their own stuff with. Mm -hmm. So this played into a more realistic perception of the time period The way they got these shots was was pretty clever.
1: Yeah, it's uh, absolutely amazing. uh, The way that they had to work with law enforcement and city officials. I can't even imagine the permits they had to acquire to get these shots. And what they did, or what Danny Boyle did, was he found these really iconic shots of London, like the Tower, Mm -hmm. uh, the Houses of Parliament, all of these little areas that you would go, oh, that's London, so you know exactly where you are right from the get-go as he, Jim, wanders around in hospital scrubs with a bag full of, like, pop cans or something.
0: Yeah, and what they did was they shot it, like, 4 a.m. Yep. And they would shoot on a Sunday, and they convinced the cops that they could be in and out, seriously, in a matter of minutes. And they would. Even that scene where he's walking by the turned-over bus, like, they had that. They set it up, took it back down in minutes. Like, it was so quick It was pretty incredible.
1: I have a little interesting factoid about that. What? Okay, so they knew even at that early hour that there would still be people who were upset about being held back. And I think they were probably afraid about them honking and stuff for being held up. So they had beautiful women (laughs)
0: uh
1: including daniel danny boyle's daughter i guess she's attractive but they would have them go tell people like we're so sorry it'll just be a few minutes totally work and they said people were like oh cool okay of
0: course versus like a grumpy middle-aged guy who's like hold on two seconds yeah yeah. So
1: I think that helped them.
0: Well, this is one of the legacies of 28 Days Later is this these iconic opening shots of mm-hmm. a very abandoned downtown London that is real. And Danny Boyle said this was important because they didn't want the actors playing off like a green screen. No. They wanted them to be in and experience this. And so these opening shots are amazing. Now, the digital video, which has been criticized because it, it's it's not meant for a large screen. So it doesn't mm-hmm. hold up when you look at it like when we saw it in the theaters, I was very forgiving because I just thought it looked awesome. And also Mm -hmm. it was relatively new. I had never seen anything like that, really. And
1: And it's experimental. I think I'm always Mm -hmm. forgiving of experimental work because they're just trying something new.
0: Yeah. And Danny Boyle is not necessarily an art house director, but he's more of kind of a cult director. And so Mm -hmm. this works for him because as fans of his work previously, we go in kind of expecting something like this. It looks, in my opinion, it looks awesome. And I could not imagine this film on anything but digital video. I agree. This was shot on a Canon XL1 Mini DV with a 35 millimeter lens. That will cost you today like 300 bucks to buy the same camera that 28 days later was shot on, which is remarkable. I just think that's fascinating. But they were able to afford multiple cameras so they could have all these angles covered in a split second, get in, get out. And then business as usual for London. Yep. And they got the shots they wanted. So. Can you
1: imagine that stress, though? Like, go, 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 go. And then Cillian has to just be like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> what it's a weird a
0: really tour. amazing. This started, um, by the way, this was... Started in September 1st, 2001 is when photography started on this, uh-huh. just days before 9-11.
1: Yes, actually, uh, do you know what happened with that central scene where he's looking at all of the, there's like a, I don't know, a board, or it's like a round kind of pegboard or something with notices of no. missing family members? Well, I guess they took a little heat for it because September 11th came, uh, but this wasn't released until much later. And they're like, obviously, we wouldn't have done that had we known. But by the time, like, September 11th happened, as they were filming this, they couldn't rewrite this. Mm -hmm. They'd already shot so much of it. They couldn't fix that situation. But it was definitely reminiscent of September 11th. So I think some people were, I don't know, hurt or impacted by that particular scene.
0: Interesting. Of
1: all of these missing persons flyers posted to boards, which is devastating.
0: Yeah, what a strange time. Yeah. Yeah, well that's how they got these shots done. Now they did shoot down areas of the interstate, all kinds of stuff. I mean The M
1: one, yeah, there's really only one minute of usable footage they got from that. Really? One minute. So they would have it was from seven to nine AM on Sundays. Wow. And the cops would gradually slow down traffic and be like, Go now and so they only managed one minute.
0: Well, it worked because that yeah. one shot is really great. Yeah. I never, for this entire film, every time I've ever watched it, didn't believe that this entire world was completely empty. Oh, like, it was it, so convincing. So convincing. Yes, I yeah, agree. Great job.
1: Okay, so Jim, he meets up with Celine and her friend uh, Mark, or Selina, excuse me, and her friend Mark, and they kind of... Run, they're running from zombies, who, by the way, those really active zombies were all played by athletes because they had to be so physical.
0: Now, these zombies, this is very interesting, also, about 28 Days Later, is not only did it kind of get credited with, well, not kind of, it did get credited with starting the revival in zombie films, but mm-hmm. everybody was like, fast-moving zombies, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Fans of Laser Graves will know we did Return of the Living Dead. And for any normal horror fan, we're like, that's not crazy. That already happened. However, I think people had forgotten because it was so far removed Mm -hmm. that there had been an introduction of fast moving zombies. But the way these zombies are portrayed set the bar for the new zombie. And it was very rare. I mean, we'll talk about maybe Shaun of the Dead or something Mm -hmm. where you were allowed to for for humor slow down a zombie. But otherwise, from here on out, zombies are fast. Like, you you can't go backwards.
1: And I think that's because it's so animalistic. Like, you're being hunted. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so terrifying. Because I think, like, when you watch the original Dawn of the Dead, you're like, oh, okay, you deserve to die. Mm -hmm. Unless you're in a corner and you get overrun by just a horde of zombies, you deserve your death, dummy. Just walk a little faster. But here, they are like running at the pace of adrenaline fueled by rage. And you just have to hope that your fear propels you farther. And I think that brings the viewer into it because you're like, oh, my gosh, because we all also have this inherent fear of humans, I think, especially women. Like uh, we're raised to be a little bit afraid mm-hmm. of, of people. Uh, and I think that this plays to that fear so, so well.
0: In addition to that, I do find it interesting, though, that at the time this came out mm-hmm. the 2002-2003 the reviews from critics don't really mention Return of the Living Dead they're like guess what we got introduced to fast moving zombies and I think like universally people had just kind of a forgotten.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I mean, it's fair. It was a really long time ago. And it's a whole new generation being introduced. And
0: we came out of the theater with that same impression. Like, whoa, zombies are scary. Mm -hmm. And it's because not only were they kind of fast like they used to be, but they were really fast and really scary. So this was a clever thing. And as far as legacies are concerned, how remarkable that you can't really do one now without it being this standard
1: yeah absolutely i totally agree and getting back to those stories so we have uh jim selena and mark they kind of get jim up to speed on what's happened while well, he's been unconscious you know pandemic rage virus everybody's dead no government et cetera. and he's like well gotta go check on mom and dad and they're like they're dead dude Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, 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 for reals. I got to go. And they, they get it. I, I think they understand. And they are like, OK, we'll go in the morning. So they go the next day. Guess what? His parents are dead. Yeah. <laughs> and it unfortunately leads to uh, Mark's death because a neighbor, a zombie neighbor, crashes through the window and kills Mark. Like you do. Yep, so now we're down to Jim and Selena. Thank goodness cuz we had to get rid of get it down to an <laughs> yeah. Adam and Eve kind of character <laughs> yeah, situation. Totally. So Mark's gone, Jim and Selena are working their way back to wherever in London and they spot some lights on high rise. Yeah. And they make their way up after a zombie chase and they meet Frank and Hannah. So a father and daughter who have somehow survived on like a super high floor of this high rise.
0: What do you think of this cast, like this ensemble and this dynamic between the four central characters?
1: I think it is fantastic. And actually, I know who was up to, to play Jim before oh, really? Cillian took it yes two people really initially it was Ewan McGregor
0: yeah I could see that it's an obvious one
1: he and Danny Boyle had a major falling out after the beach because he was really? supposed to supposed to play uh, the main character in the beach and it was given to Leonardo Leo.
0: DiCaprio yeah oh.
1: I don't worry though I read that they've reconciled
0: I could see how Ewan McGregor felt like he was a shoo-in for every Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. And then when he didn't get it, could have been like, but what?
1: Yeah, so. Boy,
0: poor Ewan, though, had to go on and at that same exact time take up Star Wars. That uh, uh, Attack of the Clones had come out the same year.
1: Wah, wah, Boy, wah. life's hard for him. Yeah. But so after uh, leaning away from Ewan, they went to Ryan Gosling. Really? He was up for it, but there was a scheduling conflict, I guess. So he couldn't take it either.
0: Uh, Could you imagine his just like dead face, non-expression look through the whole movie?
1: I think Ryan Gosling looks kind of like my brother. So I love it. Oh, okay. I I like Ryan Gosling because he reminds me of my brother. I'm like, oh, okay.
0: I just wish he showed any emotion in any movie he's ever been in. But okay.
1: He's got a neutral face. It's fine. Uh, yeah, so that's who who was up. I obviously love the choice of Cillian. I think every character is fantastic, although you and I joked, uh, and as we have already here, how very attractive Jim and Selena are.
0: Yeah, it's very convenient.
1: I would say that uh, Frank and Hannah look more like normal British people. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're fine. They're just yeah. normal people. They don't look like they're supermodels or yeah, <laughs> you <right>. know, whatever. <laughs> but they're a great cast. What did you think?
0: I like the dynamic a lot. And one of the things I liked about this film, I just think the script is is so incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if you don't like this film, you're missing something. And I I hate to be that blunt, but it's true. This, this film is really uh, an amazing commentary on so many levels, which mm-hmm. is the only way a zombie film works, honestly. Absolutely. And also, I just think that The way they have the characters introduced and then slowly weeded out Mm -hmm. moves the story along beautifully. Yes. I think that they allow you to learn who they are and then get pulled away from them. And you are thoroughly invested in all the characters. I would say the only character... I was not invested in was the guy that they met at the very beginning who died right away. Like, Mark, I didn't have a chance to be invested in him.
1: But you did a little bit because they wrote in he's the only character who gets a little insight into what happened during the initial outbreak. Like we don't know what happened to Frank and Hannah. We don't know what happened to Selena, but Mark tells his story of being in an airport and having to like climb above bodies to escape.
0: What's crazy though is Selena did have a backstory. Oh, yeah? Yeah, her and Danny Boyle had come up with an entire backstory where her parents died and then her brother was turned and she had a killer brother and all this kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. it was all cut out. But she used that for her character as she went through the film. Of course, It was really cool.
1: That makes good sense. But yeah, yeah, I would would say that Mark gets the most, you know, insight into his past, whereas I don't think you get so much with any of the other characters beyond little photos. Uh, Jim, you see a weird... Uh, 8 millimeter video of him and his parents yeah although, uh, side note, that really troubles me, that dumb video it's actually the only part of this film that makes me angry
0: oh really? like yes. feel rage?
1: not rage, just like <laughs> okay. come on, do better, be better because they it's a video of him like drinking orange juice out of a carton when his mom and dad are there who is filming it?
0: I don't know Nobody,
1: nobody, and why would they film such a mundane scene? It makes me angry. I've
0: seen your family videos. There are a <laughs> lot of boring stuff that your dad makes me watch. I'm like, really? There's like oh, hours of this. My
1: sweet dad, he just makes you watch videos of me swimming when I was. Yeah, 12, it's
0: really boring, <laughs> which but which is weird. Okay. <laughs> he only makes you watch those because I I try to cannonball to be clear. Well, the the four piece get together and they realize they can't stay in the high rise, so yeah, they're out of resources. I uh, they have picked up on a signal of the military that's saying we have the cure. You just have to come get to us, and they make the big decision to leave where they're at. This is very typical. I mean, this is very standard script writing now. I think at the time, maybe this was a little bit more original.
1: It leads us right into the second act. Yeah. They take us from the, hello, the world is devastated, to now we have a plan, we're going to enact it. Yeah. So they get ready, I guess, Frank's a, a cabbie because he has a cab. Yeah. And they get supplies and it's all these great shots of them going into a grocery store and loading up on supplies. Yeah. It's in a fun. in a way that every single consumer of products and would love to do to just go get everything you need out of a store. Perfect. And then they leave and they there's this great scene in the tunnel as they're trying Yo, to
0: leave. Very scary. It's
1: so tense. They go up and over a pile of crashed cars, get a flat, and they're like have to change the tire before all the zombies come. And what I love about this is that it took two days to film. Really? They had permission, but it, it was so complicated. And you and I watched the making of this scene.
0: Oh, yeah. The car going up and over. Yeah. Actually is a car just on this other like tractor trailer being pulled along the side.
1: But like bumping somehow <laughs> on like hydraulics. so much fun. Oh, so great.
0: The, this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because this is where... We'll talk about this, too, at the very, very end with zombie movies that came after. Why 28 Days Later will always be at the top of the heap for me is that it is an art film more than anything. Yes. And there are shots, especially in the tunnel scene of the long shadows and stuff coming uh-huh. at you that just you don't see that in any other film. This is so beautifully shot. And yes. it's just the mood and the, the atmosphere is it's just amazing. It's it's so so fantastic and it's so good, but they get through, they battle through, they -hmm. eventually get to where the military is supposed to be there. And
1: it's like a blockade.
0: Yeah. And there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. We get a very tragic scene, unfortunately, uh, where the dad gets uh, a little blood in his eye and turns and right as Jim is about to put him out of his misery, the military was there the whole time. They were just spying and, and being quiet. And they kill the dad. This was a a very sad scene.
1: Yeah, because they built up this father-daughter relationship and its importance to the group as a whole. And then Hannah is left without her dad. We know her mom's already gone for... We don't actually know how the mother died. But now Hannah is an orphan and these two randos are in charge of her. Yeah. And the military is there and they feel like they're saved, but it's also this surreal moment because Hannah is dealing with grief, but they're also in a place that seems safe. They're brought to like a crazy mansion.
0: This is It's very, like an estate. Very Resident Evil. This is if you've played the video ah, yeah, game. Yeah. I mean, this is like what you do is you just walk through a giant mansion. Ugh. So I do. I love that. Also, Hannah's acting for only this being like her only real role. She would was in character in every scene so well because it was believable when they're all sitting around and talking. Mm -hmm. She's so disconnected because she's trying to process the death of her father. Yeah. I really liked that. Like, I, I felt like the characters, for the most part, stayed in character consistently through the whole film.
1: Yeah, and if you watch the making of this, I think that it really highlights how difficult that would be because, you know... There's so many people around, all of these cameras, and the actors actually talked about, you know, the way that it was being filmed. There were so many cameras on them at all times, so they had to keep that in mind as yeah. they were trying to stay in character. Like, oh, there's a camera here, there, over there. You can't look right at it, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I think that's really amazing, especially for a very young actress.
0: Yeah, This part of the film is where it really splits. And I think, again, separates from the rest of the zombie movies that came out after. Is that you think it's a zombie movie, but this is where the commentary works at its best. Is that they think that they've found refuge with these soldiers. Only Mm -hmm. to find out that these soldiers are thinking they're at the end. And the only thing that they've been told by their captain is... We'll put out a fake distress call to bring in women because we're going to repopulate because clearly the world is over. And this is what the captain has promised them. So this is what our main cast has walked into. And the moment that is realized, it really turns this entire film into a totally different movie. This is no longer a zombie movie at all.
1: Yeah, the zombies become secondary at this point. So they meet Major Henry West, who is the leader. And it's just him and, I
0: don't know, a handful of men. It's like eight or nine guys.
1: Yep. And he he reveals pretty early on, like, basically these women, sorry. And I'm using the term women loosely because Hannah's a child still. Yeah, she's like 15. She's so, maybe. I mean, she's so, so young. And, like, they have really played up how young she is throughout this whole movie. And so it's so upsetting. It's it's deeply, deeply upsetting. And they're all just like, guess what? It's been, I guess, 28 days and we're, we're just so desperate for a woman.
0: Well, everything around them is burned to the ground. I mean, so oh, this is gosh. what it is. There's been no sign. There's a really very moving and sad scene where selena gives hannah some drugs to try and kind of numb her because they're going to be raped by yep. these men to start repopulating it's just this is very dark and i remember yeah. the first time i saw it this really stuck with me and i felt like it worked in all the right ways oh, it's so upsetting zombies were so secondary to this story now it was yeah. all about just the cruelty of humankind and like In desperate times, you do what you want without any kind of repercussions or law. Mm -hmm. And the three surviving main cast find themselves in this horrible situation.
1: Yes. And Jim is separated along with one of the members of the soldiers who had been speaking out about how wrong this was. Yeah, he was
0: the only one that went against them. And they're basically going to take them off to execute them in this death pit.
1: It's a big pit, actually. It's an execution pit, and would you like to know a fun fact about that? I would love to. Okay, so this execution pit has filled with bodies, and after they had finished filming, or when they were in between, they were supposed to have taken it down, and they didn't. (laughs) And a woman was driving, saw it, Got so
0: horrified,
1: she crashed her car and called the police, who had to come and investigate.
0: Oh, that's so sad. I know. <laughs> Can
1: you imagine the horror, though? You're just like, do-do-do, driving along through my beautiful area, and what?
0: Oh, man. Well, what happens, this dead pit's important because this really sparks the third act and final act, which is that Jim is supposed to be killed, mm-hmm. but there's this little scuffle when the other guy is killed, and he escapes. And this is where he goes full like Rambo and decides like, no.
1: Got nothing left to lose. I got nothing
0: left to lose. I'm going to go back and rescue the women and we are getting out of here. Mm -hmm. And he goes crazy. And this is really interesting because it goes then back to, okay, what are we in right now? Here's what I love about the structure of this script is act one is a zombie film. Mm -hmm. Act, Act two is a a kind of a psychological drama about the atrocities of mankind. Mm-hmm. Act 3 is the perfect combination of both because when Jim comes back,
1: he's filled with rage, pure rage. He is
0: rage, but he also frees they've had one of their soldiers chained up to study like how long it's going to take him mm-hmm. to to die
1: which is very day of the dead to me
0: absolutely day of the dead and so he frees that zombie though to wreak havoc on the remaining soldiers and what you have in the third act is both humankind kind of being crazy and the zombie film is reintroduced Mm -hmm. and it's the perfect blend and it's like i just i think it's so incredible the way it all plays out is it's Pure chaos in the end, where
1: it doesn't even matter. It's yeah. just evil,
0: absolute just destruction, pure evil. and it comes to a head when Jim attacks one of the soldiers. It's the main, the main the bad, bad soldier who wants um, does, Selena.
1: Does he remind you of Marky Mark?
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Okay. pokes out his eye. It's a very brutal kill, to the point of Selena's watching all this, yeah, and is like clearly. Um, Jim is a zombie because he's filled with rage and she's about to kill him and then realizes, no, he's not. And I just feel like that's a really powerful scene Mm -hmm. where it's like he became what has been killing everybody else in order to overtake the enemy.
1: But also it, it really emphasizes how these people are not zombies that they're just filled with rage and that is in us at all times that level of like animal fury, doesn't matter, just going to go for it kind of situation. I think that that really highlights that that is in us, that this virus only is highlighting what we are capable of.
0: Yes, and that we we can be our own destruction. There's Mm -hmm. a scene much earlier in in, uh, the mansion before the one soldier that opposed everybody else and ends ends up getting killed, Mm -hmm. uh, executed... They're all sitting around the dinner table, and he has this really amazing scene where he's talking about all of human existence in comparison to the world Mm -hmm. and the creation of the world, and how we're this little, like, you know, dot Mm -hmm. on the spectrum.
1: On the timeline, yeah. And
0: they're all saying how we want everything to go back to normal, and he's saying humans aren't normal, and as soon as we're gone, the earth has gone back to normal. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really powerful.
1: Absolutely.
0: So yeah, anyway, uh, basically the soldiers have all been wiped out because Jim went crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the three of them get in a car, but guess who's still there? The one and only person, the captain.
1: Major Henry West.
0: Hannah, meanwhile, is like doped up on whatever drugs she got and pulls like the most boss move of the whole movie where she backs up the car because she's driving And just without hesitation, a zombie like pulls the captain out and then they just drive off.
1: Yeah, it's bonkers.
0: And then this is probably the most important part we have to talk about that's left in the film is the ending. Oh. Ends with them crashing the gates because they're locked Mm -hmm. and it kind of freeze frames. Mm -hmm. Did you read up on how this originally ended?
1: Well, I actually already knew it. The like alternate ending. Yes. It was supposed to be Jim dying flatlining like they take him to a hospital can't revive him and he dies
0: there are three endings actually
1: oh i only knew that one what's yeah, the other
0: two out of three he dies and test audiences were like this I uh, yeah it doesn't work yeah it's too dark but in the u.s release if you stayed until the very end of the credits it's like but what if and then it plays the uh. original ending that was the uk ending but that's not what happens here We do get a really pretty interesting final scene, which, interesting fact for our tech nerds, this has all been shot, digital video, the end scene, it's pretty obvious this is all shot, 35 millimeter, Mm -hmm. it looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, though. I looked everywhere to find out why in the world did they shoot this?
1: Oh, it makes perfect sense. It's like it's all gone
0: back to normal. They're out
1: of the grittiness of it. Okay.
0: Yeah, I see that.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, they're up and they found this like super distant, you know, house just in the hills. It's
0: so beautiful.
1: Oh, my gosh. Can we move there yesterday? Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: They use all this linen that they've sewn together to create a giant help sign on the front yard. Does it it say
1: help or does it say hello?
0: Oh, I don't remember. I think it says help. I don't know. Okay. I can't remember. We've seen this so much.
1: I think it says hello. Uh, Okay, yeah. Hello!
0: And the jet flies over, finally sees them, and they are rescued. It's very interesting to me that they chose to end it that way. I appreciate it. It is a little out of sorts. Like, you can tell it maybe was, was an afterthought. But I like it. I think it works. And it leads itself to a sequel.
1: Although it's interesting because earlier in the film, Selena had been talking about how there had been cases in New York and Paris. Yeah. So it leads you to think that this is a global pandemic. However, they're rescued at the end, which makes us think maybe not so much. And it had only been contained to the island. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting and a little, actually, I would say disjointed. I don't know. What do you think?
0: I I don't know. I've always been kind of like on the fence about the end because it ends so happy. But it's such a bleak movie to begin with that I kind of would have been okay with the with the tragic ending.
1: Well, you and I are always like, and everybody dies at the yeah. end.
0: What movie did we watch? Do you remember a long time ago? We used to do this thing. We still do. We watch like a romantic comedy and we're like, and the person dies here. There's a movie where they just fall off a cliff and die. What and is that? We could not stop laughing. It's what, like a British comedy.
1: Was it the weird four leaf clover Irish one?
0: I don't know. Because we're way off subject. Okay. Well, this was uh, finished, came out November 2002 in the UK. Now, this is the, the probably the most interesting thing about the release of it. Mm-hmm. It came out, uh, it was well received. I mean, people were like, oh, this is pretty cool. However, It was then shipped internationally, went over to the U.S., came out June 2003, a year later. Oh. And the U.S. was like, this is our film. We like it. It took off. Yeah. When all was said and done, $8 million production, it made $85 million worldwide. Jeez. Massive success. Needless to say... It sparked this entire in, mm-hmm. you know, reintroduction of the zombie genre. As we had mentioned, Resident Evil had come out at the same time this came out originally mm-hmm. in the UK. Why I would say Resident Evil didn't have the same impact was it was really seen. And I did see it because I loved Resident Evil and I could not wait for the movie to come out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, I was disappointed. And yes, I still watch it all the time because I <laughs> kind of like it. It was just a video game movie. Yeah. I don't think anybody thought of it as a legit like zombie movie. Like
1: social commentary.
0: It didn't have the same weight as like the heavy-hitting zombie right. classics. When 28 Days Later came out, it was a game changer for yeah. so many reasons. And what came after that was just a slew for a decade of iconic films now, but none of them had happened before. Many of them right away immediately credited 28 Days Later with, of like, course. we want to do that. The first one and the big one was the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. Zack Snyder's film, which yeah. we had all our hopes that Zack Snyder was going to be this incredible horror director up and coming. And, of course, he went in a totally different direction with 300 and all that. But Dawn of the Dead, we saw that in the theater, too. Shaun of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Planet Terror, World War Z, Dead Snow, Warm Body, Land. I mean, they just... These are going. all big ones and they are all, res- they just came after the the big, big one that we mentioned earlier was The Walking Dead. And there was some controversy about this because what came first, the comic, like the graphic novel, oh, or 28 Days Later, because they start the same way. Mm. I have come to the conclusion, as we mention a lot on this podcast, that sometimes it's just in the air. Mm hmm. People had the same idea at the same time because even though The Walking Dead had come out and published in 2003 a year after mm-hmm. 28 days later by the time that the creator of The Walking Dead had seen 28 days later which is in the. US 2003 a year later The
1: Walking Dead the the graphic, graphic, novel? graphic novel
0: okay Issue two had already started to be written. Mm. So he said it was just a total fluke.
1: I think it makes sense, though, because you see these, uh, you know, undulations. And when there are certain things happening, we react in a certain way. And interestingly, we humans really like to lean towards zombies during specific periods (laughs) in in our lifetime.
0: It's very relevant. And so once it was all said and done, I think it really was the zombie... The zombie genre had died out, really, with too many seasons of The Walking Dead. I think that's mm. kind of what eventually killed it, was there were so many generic knockoffs. Everybody had zombie fatigue by the end. Mm-hmm. Just go look up zombie movies in the year 2000, like the decade of the 2000s, yeah. and it's just unbelievable. There were some really great ones. As we mentioned earlier, some of the ones that rise to the top are going to be like Shaun of the Dead. Is
1: Oh, so good. Is
0: incredible. Zombieland was really fun. We really liked Warm Bodies. That, that was a really funny oh, it was one. Oh, so good! It's based on a book. Yeah, <laughs> and Land of the Dead got a lot of just a lot of slack, but we instantly liked it. And I also
1: Skyflowers.
0: Yeah, Skyflowers. As a as a Romero fan, it's a it's a fine film. Classic. There were some huge duds, but there were also some really great films. Mm-hmm. I don't care though. I'm I'm just not going to argue this with anybody. 28 Days Later really is, Oh, it's so- it is the zombie film of the modern era. Like, it's yeah. just the, the best done, the best thought out, the strongest script. Mm-hmm. It has the most relevance. And I think it's got the longest staying power. And we've watched all of these so many times. Mm-hmm. We're fans of all of these. However... I've never once watched this. 28 Days Later and thought, this doesn't hold up anymore.
1: And actually, I would say it is more relevant oh, than ever.
0: Yeah. It was bizarre watching it now.
1: The making of, too. They talk about a virus, a pandemic is just around the corner.
0: Now, 28 Days Later did get a sequel, mm-hmm. as we know, 28 Weeks Later.
1: Actually, fun fact about that, Robert Carlyle in it, he was originally considered considered for the major. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow,
0: interesting. I wonder if that was like a concession to give him the role.
1: I don't know, but he would have worked in that too.
0: I will say that's the redeeming quality of the sequel is he kills it in that film. He's, He's great. Awesome.
1: He's always good.
0: Also, uh, what's her name? Imogen uh, Poots? Imogen
1: Poots. I'm sorry. Her last name's Poots. Yeah,
0: but she is awesome.
1: She's delightful. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I really liked 28 Weeks Later. We own it. We've seen it several times. It's Of course, it's not 28 Days Later, but yeah, come on, guys. It's more like, Hollywood. Ease up a little. It was also shot in 35mm, so it's going to look better. Yeah. But it did get a sequel. And then since then, there have been some pretty legit zombie films that have come out. trained mm-hmm. to Busan being probably one of the top tier oh, ones. that's a good one. It's really good. There are some really good ones that maybe we'll we'll talk about down the road. Interestingly, there was a third and final film planned, and it was called 28 Months Later.
1: Oh.
0: And they really were pushed, the original group, you know, Danny Boyle and all them were like, yeah, let's do this. And it just
1: never, never came up.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it ever will. Oh. But it was there. The seed was planted. Oh. We'll see.
1: I, I'm pushing for 28 years later. We're getting <laughs> close. centuries later. We're getting close.
0: We're getting there. Wow. Well, I'll have to say for the time travel device to throw us in a year. Boy, I sure am happy that it was 2002 and we could talk about 28 days we later. We had
1: so many facts at the ready.
0: Wait, what's what's happening?
1: I don't know. I'm
0: looking at it and it's glowing. What? I think we're being sucked back. No. Whoa. No. okay everybody well i hope you enjoyed the time travel episode boy that was an experience yeah if you want to follow us on instagram we're at laser graves and you can find us anywhere you get your podcast thank you guys i hope you had fun thanks bye bye